We are uh, in the middle of this series, and today we're just going to dive in. We're going to talk about the topic of pornography together. Now, I know some of you are probably going, well, wait, 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 Lynn. This is the church, so we really uh, don't have this problem. I mean, if you're going to talk about this, you ought to be talking about people who aren't here today because those are the ones that are all struggling with this. And yet, if statistics are anywhere uh, close to being accurate, uh, what they're telling us is that within the church, 70% of men struggle at some level with pornography. That doesn't mean they're actively in it right now. It just means this is the struggle. This is their struggle in their lives. I mean, just to get a little perception on that, a little sense of what that means for us, if we took a line about right, about right here, okay, so here's the line. Every man on this side of the line, you guys stay seated, okay? Every man on this side of the line stand, okay? Every man on this side of the line stand. So, this many men within our congregation, now not these men, but this many men <laughs> within, our within this room today are struggling with pornography in their lives. Okay, let's go ahead and sit down. They tell us on the internet right now, one-third of all pornographic searches on the internet are females. Now, that's just a different day, guys. That's just, we, we have so messed with the minds of our gals, and we have so convinced them that if you're going to be appealing to a man, and if you ever want to connect with a man, if you ever want to have this bond with a man, then you're going to have to figure this stuff out. And we have driven them. One-third of the searches on the internet for pornography, females. And just to kind of get proportion of that again, so let's just do kind of this pretty close to the same, well, maybe move it a little more, okay? And all the females on this side of the line stand up. There's females right on the line, they're going, no, I didn't stand up. Okay, but just go ahead and stand up. So not these females, okay, but this many of our women in the room, statistics would tell us in this room, are struggling with pornography today as we do this. So you guys sit down. So guys, here's what you need to hear. This isn't a conversation for out there. This is us. This is, this is very real, and this is our struggle. So... We're just going to unpack this together, and we're going to unpack two lies that every single person in this room who is currently struggling in this topic, who is currently struggling with pornography, I guarantee you, you're telling yourself these lies. It's how you maintain it. It's how you've been able to say, no, 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 this, this is just what it is in my life. And in order to navigate this topic for yourself, you have told yourself these lies. You ready? Lie number one. Lie number one is this, I'm in control. See, I've, I've set some standards in my life, I've got some boundaries, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to manage this thing. It's not going to manage me, I'm going to manage it. And there's only so far I'll go, and there's only so much I'm willing to, and, and, and I'm in control of it. It's not in control of me. And I'm just, if you're here today and you're struggling in this area of porn, here's what I'm going to say to you. You are lying to yourself. You are not in control of it. It is in control of you. See, here's, here's what you've got to get this morning, what you got to understand, is that every single shipwreck in this time, every, every single person who's gotten to that place that, that you and I go, how in the world started out just an ordinary 
person like you and me. See, this, this thing grips the hearts of people just like us. Matter of fact, how, how many of you guys are aware of what's going on with Tiger Woods right now? How many of you guys kind of got that? Some of you that aren't in the loop and are getting it, you, you, start, you watch this and you go, well, wait a minute, I, you know, I knew there was something going on. I knew there was maybe some sort of an affair or something that happened there. But this thing seems to be just like blowing up. I mean, this thing's just huge and, and out of proportion. And you go, well, what is that? How, how is that happening? Well, what you may not know is this isn't just an affair. This isn't just an ill-lived moment within Tiger's life. And the reality is that as the text messages that he sent back and forth between these women have now been exposed, what you begin to discover is this isn't just him setting up rendezvous. This isn't him just saying, hey, when we get together, here's what I would like for us to do. But instead, it is desperately dark. Des- there are stuff in there you just go, oh. Matter of fact, my research assistant, when uh, she was get, helping me get the material ready for this message, looked through some of those emails, because now they're all over uh, the internet, and she just simply said, Lynn, you don't even want to know the darkness within that. And, and here's Tiger Woods. I mean, this is a guy that we would have all held up and said, I mean, man, I mean, talk about the all-American kind of guy. I mean, a guy that just looks like he's decent and good. And here, here's what you need to know. I guarantee you, as he started down this path, here's what he said. I'm in control of it. It is not in control of me. I can manage this. It will not manage me. And you just need to hear me say today that if you're telling yourself that lie, it's a lie. It's a lie. And a matter of fact, the reality is... If, if you stay within this, if you, you will end up being its slave. It's impossible not to be. It's kind of like Lay's potato chips. Remember, remember the ad? No one can eat just one. And, and what you and I have got to come to reckoning is simply this. Pornography is absolutely unable to satiate desire. In other words, there's, there's no way to look and go, oh, I'm, I, I, okay, done. Instead, pornography is actually like throwing gas on desire. And that every time you and I expose, every time you and I go there, the hunger, you ready, only grows. You will only become that much more ravenous because of the exposure to it. Matter of fact, it just absolutely parallels, and if you've ever talked to anybody about addictive cycles in their lives, whether that's going to be with drugs or whether that's with alcohol, pornography absolutely mirrors the addictive cycle, and it's just simply like this. There's the thrill of the encounter. There's just the absolute mind-numbing thrill, and guys, let's just be honest. It's fun. I, I, no one... There is a thrill to this. There is. I mean, if it weren't, it wouldn't be so captivating to us. But the problem is what comes next, and that's the guilt. See, there comes up when you guys go, you go you see, man, I shouldn't be doing this. This is, this, I know deep down in my heart, this isn't right. And guys, you need, guilt is good. Guilt is a gift from God, and the reality is what you and I were supposed to do in that moment of guilt is we were supposed to repent. See, that guilt was supposed to drive us back toward God, and we were supposed to go, look, 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 I, I can't do this. I can't bring this into my life. I need to repent of this and walk away right now. 
Here's the problem. <laughs> Many of us chose the thrill over the guilt. And we moved into the next phase, which is shame. And here's what we began to say to ourselves. Maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just kind of how I'm wired. Maybe this is just what I need in my life. Maybe, maybe I'll never be happy without this. It's the shame phase. And you just need to hear me say, every bit of that is a lie. It is not you. It's not just how you're wired. It's a lie. But the problem is, is that immediately you begin to move back toward the thrill stage. And here's the problem. It will take you more to thrill the next time than it did the first time. Because there's no way to be exposed and not have your heart changed. And just like a drug addict, just like an alcoholic, it will take more the next time through. Because you and I have been seared by the experience. So here's what happens. The thrill the guilt, the shame, and now as I come back to the thrill, it's deeper and it's darker than it was last time because it takes that to get the same thrill. And then the guilt and the shame and then deeper and darker and the thrill and the shame and deeper and darker. It's why it consumes. And here's what I can say to you. I guarantee you this. If you're in this room today and you're struggling with pornography, what you're looking at today, it's not what you looked at six months ago. See, six months ago, you even said, I, I wouldn't look at that. As a matter of fact, when it came up on the website, when you saw that, you turned the page or you clicked it off six months ago. Because you said, no, 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 that passes my boundaries and that's, just, that's too. And today, today you're searching for it. And here's what I can also tell you. That what you're looking at today is not what you'll be looking at six months from now. It will be deeper, it will be darker, and it will be more enslaving. And here's the answer. <laughs> you cannot manage this. You are not in control of this. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles, because I think there's a passage in Ephesians that just absolutely describes this cycle for us. And if you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and work to the left, you're going to find this book of Ephesians. It's Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 17, here's what it says. Ready for this? See if this sounds familiar. So I tell you this. And insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Stop living like people who don't know God. Stop living the way they're living and expecting that somehow your life turns out differently than their life when you're living the same way they're living. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and, they, and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Ready? Due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensibility, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. And the answer at the end of the day is, 
You are not managing it. It is managing you. And you might as well just look on down to your ankles and be honest because those are chains wrapped around your feet. Second lie. Second lie that every person in this room who's struggling with pornography is telling themselves right now. I'm not hurting anyone. See, I mean, here's what you would say. You'd say, Lynn, look, the gals who are in those photos, the guys who are in those movies, I mean, they, they're getting paid, and I mean, they're adults, and they did, they did this by free will, and you know, the reality is, I mean, I'm not even in the room with them. I mean, it's just an image on a screen, or it's just a photo in a magazine, and it, it's just, you ready, Lynn? It's, it's adult fantasy, and I'm not hurting anyone. I've got a dear friend, he's a pastor of a, of a church uh, over in Texas, and he tells this story of one day he uh, was going shopping with his wife. They'd kind of gone to a downtown area, and they were doing all those little shops that are in a downtown. You get it? So the streets are all narrow and little tree-lined streets, and the shops are all sitting up next to the curb, and the cars are all parked along the street. And after they had done popping in a bunch of little shops, he turned to his wife and he said, look, you know what, I, I'm, I think I'm just going to sit and rest, take it easy for a while, I know you want to shop some more, so I'm just going to go into this kind of internet cafe here, hang out for a little while, you make the rest of the loop around the shops, when you make it back, we'll take off. She was happy to do that, so she continued going down and shopping, uh, he heads for the internet cafe, and as he gets ready to go in, he looks and there's this park bench sitting on the outside of the internet cafe, and leashed to the park bench is this huge, massive, spectacular Doberman Pinscher. And he pretty much figures, well, the owner's got to be inside doing the same thing I am, probably has his wife shopping uh, like I do. And uh, he heads inside, orders his coffee, goes over to the counter uh, that looks out of the cafe, back out onto the street. And as he's there, he's just admiring this huge specimen of a dog and just thinking, wow, what an incredibly well-behaved dog. Until. And down comes the road, down the road comes this car, back window partly down, little poodle in the back window, female poodle, and goes on down the road. The Doberman Pinscher, a male, seeing this, now takes off after the car with the poodle in it, dragging the bench with him. Okay, this dog is so massive, so big, that, that he doesn't even notice the bench, which is now behind him, slamming back and forth, hitting cars parked on the side of the road, hitting the tables at the cafe next door. Human beings are leaping off the sidewalk to get out of the way of this dog. If you're involved in porn this morning, you have no idea the wake of destruction that is following behind you. And the number of lives that you're wounding and the number of people that you're hurting. 
you're wounding your relationship with God. There's no way to have this in your life and you and God to be okay. Matter of fact, the truth is, if you're here today and this is an area of struggle in your life, then here's what I know. You come into church on Sunday and something just doesn't happen. There's some sort of connection that everybody else seems to be getting and you're going, God, why are you distant from me? And why is it different for them? I don't understand. You feel like a hypocrite. As much as you tell yourself, no, 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 this is, this is my God part of my life, and I really want to serve God, and I really want to obey God, this dark corner, this closet, you know it doesn't work. Matter of fact, if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, turn with me to the book of Matthew Matthew chapter 5, because Jesus, I believe, in a moment, describing, describing lust, describing this very topic that we're talking about. Here's what he says. It's Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 27. These are the words of Jesus. It says, You have heard that it has been said, Do not commit adultery. We know the passage, right? Matter of fact, Jesus goes on to say, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully is already committed adultery with her in his heart. Whether she's standing in front of me or she's on a computer screen or she's on the page of a magazine, And then here's what Jesus goes on to say. You ready for this? In the context of lust, in the context, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. And, and you get what Jesus is saying. Look, look, look. If, if you're, if you're pre-Jesus and the thing that's keeping you from coming to God is this area of your life, this area of lust and pornography, it says, look, I mean, do whatever you have to do. Don't let this keep you from eternity. Don't, let, don't miss God over this. Do whatever is necessary. But he says to you and I who are Christ followers, you get the same principle applies. He's saying, look. If you're in the middle of this and you've got this secret and you've got this dark place, do whatever you've got to do because your relationship with God will never be right. You will never experience intimacy and closeness with your God. Do whatever you have to do to get this out of your life. Matter of fact, it's interesting. Remember the verse that we started this entire series with? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, which simply says this. Flee. Flee, run away as fast as you can. Sexual immorality. You know what's interesting? That phrase, sexual immorality, is actually the Greek word pornea, which is where we get the word pornography from. And God just says, look, as fast as your legs will carry you, as quickly as you can, get away, get away, get away. Not only am I causing huge harm and damage to my relationship with God, 
you get that you're wounding your spouse. There, there, is, there is just no way for you to have this experience, to, to look at other women, to look at other men, and to masturbate, and not break the trust, not break the promise and the covenant you made that day. There's no way for you to do it and not bond with a picture. And in that moment, you absolutely violate the promises you made. And deep within her heart, she knows it. Deep within his heart, he knows it too. Do you know that there's a new phrase coming out right now? It's called pornographic impotence. Because what researchers are now discovering is, is that as you and I go have this experience, as we look at these images and find physical gratification in that moment, that actually what's happening is, is that hormones released in our body, which are designed to make you and I bond, are causing people to bond to pictures. And what happens at the end is you and I become so desensitized, so unable, that we no longer desire to bond with a real human being, and we prefer the pornography to the real person. And what they're finding, and I, I know we've all been told, hey, no, 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 bring a little bit of this in your marriage, look at a movie, boy, you're together. And guys, I'm just going to, can I say to you this? It's a lie. It does not enhance. It destroys. And what they're finding over and over and over again in the research, I mean, if you go on the internet, guys, you can find this over and over and over again, that it actually deteriorates intimacy between a man and a woman when one of the couple is involved in pornography. It, ready for this? It takes the desire away, not enhance. And maybe, maybe toughest at all, not only is this destructive in your relationship with God, and not only is it going to deeply, deeply wound and mess up with your spouse, you cannot do this and your kids not be affected. Hey, dads, someday, someday your daughter will know that her dad struggles with porn. I don't care how well you hide the stash. I don't care how careful you are. Just mark my words. Someday she'll know. And that moment of revelation in the heart and the life of a young lady is so powerful that when she discovers this, she will not be the same. She, she will either come to that moment and she will say, wow, if my hero, if my dad views women that way, then all men must. And she will then begin to say, look, I, I mean, if that's what it takes to get a man to desire me, if that's what it takes for a man to pay attention to me, then apparently I need to emulate and be like those women. And you'll be wondering why your 15-year-old girl is so available to all the boys. Or, or she'll say, that's just repugnant. I mean, that is just so disappointing. I, and all men must just be animals. And she will put up a wall, and she will put up a defense, and she'll be married with children and wondering why she cannot give herself fully and connect with her husband. She will not know this knowledge and not be changed. 
Amen? Your sons will be exposed. Your sons will be exposed. And they, and they, they will take their sexual cue they will take their relational cue from you and they will say, okay, so women apparently are objects. There's something you do for male satisfaction. And then you discard them. And guys, at the end of the day, you need to pause. And if you're still telling yourself the lie, hey, look, no one's getting hurt. Stop. Look behind you and see the swath of destruction. Now, I know, I know. I know in this moment, you guys are going, look, Lynn, you're the preacher guy. And so, of course, the preacher guy is saying this. And the reality is, Lynn, you're like asexual, so you don't have the same desires we have. Can I just say to you that if you think that, you're an idiot, okay? I, guys, I'm a guy. I'm a guy. And I'm just telling you, I guarantee you, I could be in the midst of this as deeply, as quickly as every guy in this room. But just so you know, just so you know this isn't my story. This isn't the preacher's story. Here's what I've done. I asked a couple of guys who've had this struggle in their life. They've been on this journey and have seen the destruction of what's going on. And I've asked them to come to share their stories. So I just want you to honor. It's Jim and it's Dante. And they're going to come out. And they're going to share with us for a minute what has happened in this area of their life and what God's done to redeem it for them, okay? So would you welcome them for me right now? I get to navigate this with a chain. <laughs> okay. So, thank you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being available for this conversation. I, it just takes a ton of courage. I honor you for that. Here's, here's the deal. Uh, when did you guys first get exposed to this? When, what was the first time you actually really saw porn? So, Dante, why don't you tell us about that? And how did it happen? Well, for me, it was the age of 12 is when I first got exposed to hardcore pornography. And, you know, it started off with me finding my father's Playboys and my friend found his father's Playboys. And then we found somebody else who had the good stuff. Hmm. You know. So I, I just wonder when you get that moment. You're, it was your dad's stash yeah. that first introduced you. And then you got together with friends and then they had better stashes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Jim, tell us about. Uh, for me, it was... Um pornographic magazine I found in a ditch in the desert behind my house and I was nine years old and uh, I'm 43 years old today and to this day I can still remember the pictures I saw in that first magazine hmm. see I don't, I don't think people get that, that that these images that we place within our hearts and our minds those images stay with us yeah. um, those things get burned into our minds and here's the other part I think is remarkable about that here you are a nine year old young man nine year old boy no one has to tell you that these ought to be exciting. I mean, no one has, just by the very fact that you're a nine-year-old boy, immediately there's this response to these pictures. Yeah, there was something, that it, it gripped me immediately. Yeah, okay. So, Dante, your journey uh, with pornography really was pre-Jesus. In other words, you, you got exposed to this pre-Jesus, you lived most of your life pre-Jesus and, and struggling with this, and kind of part of what was going on in your life and your heart is you actually said, hey, look, I'm, I'm not married, so I don't have a wife that I can go be with, and so this is just kind of my way of navigating singleness in my life. So tell us about that. Well, 
you know, I mean, I have two loving parents to this day, but they never talked to me about sex. And, you know, what I was learning from pornography seemed really good. And it was just something that I always went to when times were tough, when, I, when things got hard. And, you know, it was just something that I did more and more of as I went through life. Yeah. It just built on itself. And you even shared with me, in, in your mind, you kind of justified it and said, hey, this is almost kind of like how I'm being pure because I'm not messing with a bunch of women. I'm just over here with the pornography. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then, Jim, uh, your story is just a little bit different because you actually became a Christian at a fairly young age. Mm -hmm. So now here came this lifestyle into your Christian walk. And so you end up for years navigating going, look, I love Jesus. And you sat in church every Sunday, tried to serve God with all your heart, and then you had this other thing, this elephant, so to speak, in the closet in your life. Tell us, tell us about that. Right. It was really hard to manage. I, like I said, I first got into pornography before I was 10 years old, and I became a Christian when I was 13. And part of the thing I, I expected when I became saved was that this would go away. But the problem was is there's a lot of shame attached to looking at pornography, and I was ashamed of myself. And I actually believed that God was ashamed of me too. And so while I had given my heart to God, this was a part that I held back and wouldn't give to him or confess to anybody else. Um, and then as I, as I grew as a Christian, um, as I grew up, um, I got married, I, I attended church, I grew in church roles into leadership even to where it was kind of killing me because I had this dark part of me on one side that was eating me up. And on the other side, I'm trying to like almost earn God's favor by mm -hmm. doing good things to make up for the dark things I was too ashamed to talk right. about. And in, in this process, Jim, and just so we get, you actually were a small group Bible study leader. Right. You ended up being an elder right. in your church and all the time having these two worlds go on in your life. Which I just, I just think that's powerful because here's the reality. I guarantee you there are men and women in this congregation right now, that's their story. That they come on Sunday and they go, look, I, I want to follow God. I'm, I'm committed to serving Christ. I've just got this one secret place. I've got this one hidden place that God's not allowed and I'm not ready to deal with yet. And it's ripping them up yeah. just like it was you. Yeah, it was killing me. It, um I, I wanted to believe that I could be this good person on the outside and have this dark part and have it not affect my life, but the truth was that it wasn't happening. My heart was becoming hard. I, I became a great liar, and um, I began just seeing people as objects to manipulate, not just even in the lust and sexual area, but just at work. And I, I'm ashamed to say at one point, I, my wife and I were talking, and I just said something like, all people are sheep. Um, my heart had become so hardened that my humanity, I, I gave it up hmm. um, because of my secret life. Okay, so Dante, at, at the height of this, how much pornography were you looking at? How big a part of it is it in your life? And it was over 60 gigs of pornography on my wow. computer. It's a lot to hide. And I think you said to me, you got up in the morning, and this was breakfast. Uh, you went to I work, yeah. and sometimes you viewed it at work. You came home at night, and it was dinner. Yeah. yeah. Ate it up every day. Yeah. Jim, how far uh, did we get in this? Same. Uh, the problem was is that, like you talked about, how it's a deeper and deeper hole. Um, pornography, after a while, there was more than that, and it just led into darker and darker behaviors to where I ended up finding myself in a place where I, I never imagined I would be, you know, doing, doing things with other people and, ha and suffering consequences that I look back now and I, and I go, I, I don't even know how I got there from here. But that was the life that I'd, I'd mm -hmm. led myself into. 
Talk, talk to us a little bit about the destructiveness of this, because we all tell ourselves, hey, I'm not hurting anybody. So Dante, tell us a little bit about that. Well, for me, it was just, it was always something that I ran to when times were tough, and it just made things worse. It was just so painful and so hurtful. Hmm. And then I think you talked about the idea that said, hey, these gals that are part of this, they're being used. If because what happened with me was I started praying for truth because I really wanted to get to who I was and what I needed to change. And, and the truth that I came to was that every single one of those porn stars were victims of abuse and that the act of making the movie was a part of their cycle. Hmm. And by watching the movie, I became a part of that cycle. I became the abuser. And it just got... When I came to that realization, I just was broken with the thought that this is where I'd been taking Jesus. Hmm. I don't want to take Jesus into that dark room anymore. Wow. Jim, you, you ended up, you had all sorts of destruction happen in your life. Uh, right. The reality is, in this, you, uh, uh, you ended up getting caught. And right. tell, us about, tell us, though, about the, the depth of what you had done and the destruction there. So... I, I sat in church every week, just like you guys, and um, I lived in fear every day because I had this secret that I couldn't afford to get exposed. I had too much to lose. Um, my plan B was if I ever got found out over everything that I'd done, I would commit suicide. It was too shameful to bring to the light. And then um, I didn't have enough courage or character to admit it. I had to get caught. And, and when I got caught, um, it was a day my wife found some stuff that I hadn't hidden well enough and she confronted me, um, that was the first day that I saw the consequences of the life that I'd been leading. Um, she looked at me and just, she was a broken woman. And with tears in her eyes, she said, uh, not only have you wrecked our marriage and ruined our family, you've taken away my best friend hmm. and uh, you've shredded my heart. Hmm. And uh, that was the, the first glimpse I saw of the consequences of the damage I was doing. You were telling it, her heart felt like every bit of your marriage up until then had been a lie. If I, can't, right. if, if, if I can't believe you about this, how do I believe anything else you've told me in our whole married life? That's right. And so uh, I, I, I basically had wrecked my marriage. Um, I was an absentee father. I, I couldn't be the kind of father that I wanted to be because I was such a liar. I was living this side life. Um, my Christian walk was hollow. Uh, I believed lies about God. I was so ashamed about myself that I just had to believe that God was ashamed of me too. And that was the lie that I believed. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't believe in a God that loved me where I was. And um, so everything about my life that I thought I was managing was actually crumbling. And I, the other part I want to... In your spiral, in, in this thing getting deeper and darker, because I'm telling you, everybody in this room who's doing this thinks they're in control, you ended up acting out on things that you, at the beginning, would have never said were going to happen. You actually got to the point where just looking at porn wasn't enough. You actually began to act out. Right. Um, it, it turned into physical affairs. Um, I started into prostitution. Um, the first time I did it, I threw up. I made myself so sick that I can't believe this is me. And then once I started in those darker behaviors, that became a norm for me. And um, I, I found myself in a place I never would have imagined. And you actually ended up arrested. Right. Got arrested, um, convicted, and the whole time lying, lying 
to everyone and hiding it, trying to preserve some image. Paid of thousands of dollars to lawyers right. to keep this from your wife from knowing. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now we get to the point where it changes. Now we get to the point where you guys go, I, I, gotta, I gotta be done with this. Dante, what was that for you? Well, for me, when, when I came to Christ, I came to the realization that if everything I've ever been doing is wrong, I need to reach out and find a new way. And I got plugged in with Cornerstone and 3 to B, and I started serving here at the church. And, you know, God plays somebody very important in my life, you know, on, on my team, you know, my friend Don has been somebody that I can go to and tell him my deepest, darkest, mm -hmm. most disgusting things and face no judgment and receive godly counsel. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's truly a gift from God. So for you, Dante, you, you literally, you, you did that decision kind of in a chair like that. You just said, look, I'm a Christ follower. This can't be part of my life. I've just got to get this out of my life. Okay, so it's a decision. But Jim, you're different. You don't, you're not done until you just reach the bottom. Right. right? I had to get caught. Um, and when all this stuff started coming out, it was, um, I was at the end of myself, um, but my wife had cracked open a door where my soul had had a blanket on it for so long, everything just poured out. Uh, I ended up confessing everything and holding nothing back. And it was at that very moment that I discovered that um, the lies I believed about God were wrong. Uh, in Galatians 5.1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I experienced freedom for the first time seven years ago at the age of 36. Now, in the midst of that freedom, okay, just wanna say out loud, your wife is now trying to deal with this. You guys actually separate for a while. Right. She takes your wedding ring back right. and says, you're not the man I married and you can't wear this. Right. So this isn't necessarily just instant fun. This is... No, there's consequences to, to sin and there's consequences to bad behavior. And it's uh, been a long road uh, working through this and coming back. And you can't shred someone's heart and have it just heal automatically. Um, for me, you can't have a heart of stone and have it turn to flesh instantly. Yeah. Um, but the praise for us is that uh, two years ago on Christmas, my Christmas present was um, my wife gave me my wedding ring back. Hmm. And uh, this year we celebrate our uh, 25th wedding anniversary. So. Wow, very cool. Um, You guys in, in, have both talked so much about how important accountability is and having someone in your life who holds you accountable once you've kind of set this out. You don't, you don't just try to do this alone. It's too big, too hard, too high, a hill to climb to do it by yourself. But I think the other part that we need to hear in this room today is the idea that you can be restored. Because I, I guarantee you there are some people in this room who go, look, I can't let this out of the closet. I can never say this. I can't let this come into the light of day because it, 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 it will, I'll never be able to be used by God again once this comes out. And, and Jim, in your story, that's completely untrue. It's totally true. You are back in your marriage. Your wife has given you back your way. As a matter of fact, you're actually doing ministry out of this. You're the Celebrate right. Recovery leader at your church. But more than that, and here's the thing I think is cool, is that when you talk to the leaders of your church, they absolutely talk about what a man of integrity you are, how deeply filled with honor and truth you are, and you have absolutely turned this around in your life, which I think gives all the rest of us hope that says, if I can be done with this, I can be restored and I can be forgiven in my life, right. which is very cool. I honor you for doing that. Yeah. Man. God yeah. is faithful. Um, 
I got it all backwards. I thought that I had to have the appearance on the outside of doing the right thing. But the fact is, is we all mess up every day. And um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says God uses the weak to fool the strong, mm. right? And the foolish to shame the wise. And my, my life serving God now is through my weakness, not through any kind of appearance of mm. having anything but the gifts that he's given me. Hey, I just want to honor you guys that you would come and speak to this and say this out loud and lay your lives out there for all of us that even if just one person in this room figures this out today and you guys were willing to do this for us. So honor to you. Thanks, Thank you Thank so you. much for doing this. So here's the deal. We're going to make a choice today. See, some of, some of us in this room are going to figure out what Dante figured out, and we're just going to go, look, I'm a Christ follower, and this, this stuff just has no place in my life, and I just, I just need to be done. I, I need to turn, and I need to flee as quickly as I can. And, and the reality is, and here's what you need to hear, there is freedom. There is forgiveness. And the truth is, you could leave here. Free from the chains. You could choose that. Or some of us in this room are going to choose what Jim chose. We're going to choose to keep it secret a little longer, to hide it a little more. And we're not going to be done until it's discovered until we look behind ourselves and see destruction that's beyond anything we ever considered. And then we'll be done. But we'll make a choice today. I just want to tell you that if you choose today to be done, that your church is with you, and we will absolutely support you in this. And matter of fact, inside your magazine is a whole page of resources that we've made available for you. Okay? We've got men's groups for men that just say, look, this may, be, may, this may just be every once in a while a struggle in my life, but I just need to know how to get on the right side of that, and it's called Valiant Men. Uh, we've got a place for guys who say, this is compulsive. This is something that just owns me, and it's in Celebrate Recovery. We've got women's groups for women who are struggling with pornography in their lives. They believe the lie. And we've got groups for women who say, my husband just told me. He told me this is his weakness. He told me this is where he's struggling. And, and my heart is broken, and I just need to know how to heal in this. So you, we got all sorts of stuff for you. Matter of fact, if you don't have the magazine, you just go online to mylamesex.com. Every one of these resources is available to you there. And the other thing, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do as you leave today. I'm going to challenge you. Almost every one of us has locks on our TV. I, I'm going to challenge you to program your TV so that nothing inappropriate can even come into your home and then give the code to that to someone in your home who doesn't struggle in this area of their life. Don't you know the code? And, and matter of fact, there is software that you can put on your computer. Matter of fact, that software is, and just so you, if you want to go research and look at it, it's uh, x3watch.com, and you go online, you download that onto your computer, and if you go to a site you're not supposed to go to, it emails your spouse and says, hey, now, here's the deal. That will slow you down. 
Okay, I'm just, that'll slow you down. It really will. Uh, there's another one you can go, it's called x3pure.com. And same thing, it'll email someone in your life that'll hold you accountable and say, hey, you need to check up on so and so on the deal. Let's bow our heads. And here's what I'm going to say. Some of us in this room need to be done today. This is the day. And you, you, you need to say, look, I'm, I'm not going to take my family, I'm not going to take my God to the end of the road. I'm, I'm going to be done now. I, I need to admit to somebody that this is my weakness. I don't need to tell all my dirty secrets, but I need to admit this is my weakness. And I need to put some accountability in my life, and I just need to be done now before I destroy. And so I'm just going to ask you to consider praying in your seat. We're not going to raise hands or do anything like that. I'm just going to ask you to pray in your seat, and I'm going to ask you to pray quietly. No one else need know. But that prayer should probably go something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, this is my secret. This, this is the dark place of my life. And I just, I just want to thank you right now that even this comes under the blood of Jesus Christ, that you're willing to forgive me, that you're willing to restore me. But God, I need to be done. I need to be done today. And so I'm just going to ask you to break the chains that bind my heart. And God, if I'm truthful, this thing's got my heart. So I'm just going to ask you to free me to give me strength because I know I'll get tempted again. But that the next time, the next time I would flee, I would not bring this into my home and into my life. I'm asking you to forgive me and that today would be my last day. In Jesus' precious name, amen.